sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Hey, welcome in, everybody. This is Diamond Bets, your reprieve from the world. It's where we throw the world away and we talk baseball. My name's Matt Stryker. The man in red is Mr. Joe Pizzapia. And this is a show that allows people to take their love of baseball and find a way to profit from it, whether it's season-long fantasy, DFS, or sports wagering. And I can't think of a better mind to sit with for two hours than the one and only Joe Pizzapia. Joe, welcome. How are you doing? I'm doing all right, man. I'm uh, I'm stuck with you, and you're stuck with me for the next two hours talking <laughs> baseball. It. And uh, that's right. Uh, it's definitely been a, a trying week on many, many levels. But uh, the show is here to uh, give you a moment uh, away from reality, talk a little fantasy, talk a little wagering, talk a little sports, which is an important thing for all of us to have in our lives. So let's get at it, and let's talk about the headlines, and let's talk about the never-ending story. Trevor Story could not have had a better week or maybe two weeks i don't know maybe month trevor story's absolutely been on fire the red sox second baseman after an absolutely dreadful april as at a torrid may we're going to talk about what to do with trevor story in your fantasy leagues and in the wagering market in just a second the cleveland guardians put fran mil reyes on the il with a tight hamstring uh, hopefully he comes back and remembers how to hit baseballs when he does because uh, it has been a bad start for the franimal much to the chagrin of many of us who I don't think any of us saw this cold start to the season coming for Fran Mil Reyes. So hopefully he gets healthy. Hopefully he gets back to being the dude that we all know him to be. Uh, the Brewers, Josh Hader continues to just chug along 37 straight scoreless innings uh, for Josh Hader. That's a, that's a big total right there, 37. And remember, as a reliever, you know, you're coming in in different situations sometimes. I mean, typically he's coming in with a clean ninth, but still, it's not like you're in the rhythm of pitching. You come in there, you just keep shutting guys down. He is the uh, he is the end game in Major League Baseball in the ninth mm-hmm. inning. And Vlad Jr. starting to show signs of life. Again, thank goodness, there was an article on MLB.com earlier this week, Matt Stryker, that uh, was very interesting. And it was all about maybe Vlad Guerrero Jr. has been found out. And they had all the fun charts and all the fun graphs and showing you, well, here's how people are pitching him now. And here's why he's struggling and all this stuff. And wouldn't you know it, Matt, maybe he reads MLB.com. I don't know. Yes. But uh, that night, Vlad Guerrero Jr. hit a home run and Vladdy's been uh, back ever since. So this is part of baseball, isn't it? You know, especially great young players. The league makes adjustments. You have to make adjustments back. But at the end of the day, you always bet on the talent. And Vlad Guerrero Jr., Matt, I mean, people are freaking out a little bit about a couple bad weeks. Let's relax. This is a guy who almost won the Triple Crown last year. Does it does it surprise you that annually we go through this with the massive talents where people kind of freak out in the moment and kind of have a, a difficult time sort of seeing the forest through the trees when it comes to these enormous talents whenever they're struggling? It doesn't surprise me anymore just because we live in a day and age where all people really want to do is stand up and shout and pound their chest and, and, hey, look at me, and then forget about it two weeks later when you show them what they said, and they go, oh, no, 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 no. The thing with Vlad is this, though. He was sitting fastballs the entire time, and pitchers were able to get ahead of him in counts and then able to make him chase their secondary and tertiary stuff. And, and you might have a point. Listen, I 
could believe Vlad could read that article or someone could show it to him. And then he goes back in the cage or in the olden days, goes back to the tape room. Look, Tony Gwynn spent hours upon hours sitting, watching film, watching tape. It would behoove guys like Vlad to do the same. Yeah, as we welcome in our radio audience here to Diamond Bets, this is Sports Grid. This is Matt Stryker and me, Joey P, Joe Pizapia. And the story of the week has got to be Trevor. Trevor's story has just been <laughs> unbelievable. And I made a very provocative statement earlier in the week, Matt, which is this is Ooh, the yeah. time in your fantasy leagues to shop Trevor story. Shop him around. He's stealing bases. He's hitting home runs. He's working at an absolutely unsustainable clip. But a lot of people say, why would I do that? I don't understand. And, and the reason why you shop him is because you could look at it and say, it can't get any better than this. And we've already seen the downside, which is when the guy is stone cold in April, having all these strikeouts and all these issues. So, you know, I know we're going to dig into this a little bit more going forward, but once again, you talk about prisoner of the moment, right, Matt? Talk about, well, we got to love what's going on now, but there's another four months coming to the baseball season, Matt. So when you're looking at Trevor's story and you're looking at this incredible run, you know, how do you react to it? Are you somebody who's looking to move him? Or are you somebody who's looking to just say, well, I have to take the good and the bad that is Trevor's story and ride the waves. Well, season-long fantasy managers spent draft capital on Trevor's story. So I, I wouldn't want to move him unless I'm getting someone back that is in that same realm or sphere. But you made a great point, as you often do, and I anticipate many more in the next couple of hours, about ceilings mm -hmm. and floors. But a lot of people forget the table. And the table is the back of the baseball car, and that's where it's going to land. And if you drafted Trevor's story, then you drafted him for a reason. And we can talk more about this at SportsGrid, at SportsGrid TV. But we got a lot to talk about on this show, Joe. We do. Ceilings, floors. We're going to remodel some kitchens. It's going to be fantastic. <laughs> We're going to love it. We're going to list it. We're going to do all of those things here. I know Matt has a, you know, Matt's in a relationship. He's married, so he watches a ton of HGTV. I know he does. Meanwhile, you're watching SportsGrid because, uh, you know, you can have it on your phone. This is one of the great things about SportsGrid TV, right? You can watch it online. You can watch it on your mobile device while the wife has the HGTV on. So, or the husband, <laughs> who knows? You never know. Every house is different. We come back. We're going to talk about some of the things that are trending in Major League Baseball. Certainly a lot of big stories uh, to get to. We're also going to later look at the lines that are moving, what's happening in the betting market when it comes to the World Series and the division winners, the National League, American League winners. So we're just getting started here at Diamond Bet. So stick around with us. Get a cup of coffee. We'll be right back after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, welcome back into Diamond Bets. Matt and Joe here off the air. Joe and I are talking about patience versus flipping the switch. And I, I think it's an appropriate conversation to bring forward, Joe, because in this segment, we're talking about what's trending. And there's so much noise out there in today's day and age. There's so much social media, so much information. So how do you know what to listen to and what to fade? How do you know when to be patient and when to flip the switch? So let's dive into what's trending and let's see if we can't flip your switch. Mm, let's see if we can. My goodness, you're so smooth, Matt Stryker. My God, you know, just talking about flipping switches and all. Yeah, well, let's talk about Trevor's story. And Trevor's story clearly has been absolutely fantastic over the last month. Uh, nine home runs, 
32 RBI for Trevor Story this month. And there's still a few games left. This tweet was from a, a couple of days ago. Still got a couple of days left in May to, to pad the stats. But here's the point that I was starting to make in segment one when we first came on, talking about the headlines. This is great. This is fun. You've been rewarded for your patience if you've held on to Trevor Story. If you invested in Trevor Story when things were lower in the prop market, you've been loving life. I mean, could you imagine if you had kind of a nightly home run prop on Trevor Story, how well you did in the month of May? These things oh, happen, man. okay? But let's get a little perspective because, Matt, you know, there's one thing I love. It's a fresh cup of perspective in the morning. So in the month of April, okay, no home runs, five RBI, 21 strikeouts in 17 games, hit 224 with a 297 OBP. So he's not getting on base. He's not hitting home runs. He's not doing anything. He's striking out a ton. This is a Trevor story we've seen before and a Trevor story we've seen outside of Colorado. Now, look, granted, you know, maybe he was pressing a little bit. There's a million things that go into this. And, and Trevor story is a human being. He's not a robot. He's not stats on a page. He's more than that. But the stats on the next page, the nine home runs, the 32 RBI in the month of May, incredible, right? You know what's funny? You still have the massive amount of strikeouts, which is 33. 33 yeah. strikeouts in 24 games. Now, when you have that many strikeouts for a player like Trevor Story, and he stops hitting home runs, or that home runs, you know, that home run inclination starts to decline a little bit and go the other direction, you're going to be right back where you were. So this is something to understand that there's players that exist like this. Trevor Story's one of them. And right now you have peak Trevor stories. Those have got five stolen bases. So if you're in those Roto leagues right now, this is the perfect time to shop him. You might be able to get Marcus Simeon and something else and something else. You might be able to get Corey Seager plus or Tim Anderson plus. You could probably get somebody who's comparable or 80% of what Trevor story on his best day is and more. And that's the whole point of looking at the market and understanding when to sell a stock high. And to me, this is the perfect time to sell the stock high. Now that I've presented all the facts in front of the court, here you go, Matt Stryker. Give me your two cents uh -oh. about Trevor's story. Are you somebody that's just holding and, and constantly going up and down this roller coaster? Or are you somebody that says, okay, this is my ticket. I've gotten the best I possibly can get out of him. Now it's time to move on and look elsewhere. Well, there's a couple of ways to approach this. The first would be the stock market excuse me, stock market analysis of uh, what is it, sell on the dip and buy on the rip. So if you're a fantasy manager out there and you're trying to shop Trevor Story around, you want to get the very best deal. But there's also the fact that if you think about it, if your hair is perfect, your outfit is perfect, but you have a slight little blemish on your chin, that blemish doesn't stand out as much as it does on a day where your hair isn't perfect and your outfit isn't perfect. And Joe and I both know none of that matters. It matters about confidence. And that's what this is all about. Excuse me, you mentioned how Story was pressing and holding the bat a little tighter and swinging at pitches that he shouldn't swing at. But at the same time, there are times where players get in a zone. What did Wayne Gretzky once say? The puck looks like it's the size of a watermelon sometimes. And that's where Story is right now. He's in the zone. But he's going to find his middle. He is going to find his Trevor Story. And at the end of the day, we revisit this conversation maybe at the All-Star break. And then we can truly assess. April is notorious. It's cold. It's whatever it is. Guys are adjusting. I throw April out the window. That's why I only play plus money in April so that I can play with the books money in May and June. And thus, here we are. We're coming up on June now. Keep an eye on Trevor's story. If you want to or you're thinking, oh, man, I got to trade him. I'm a season-long fantasy man. I got to trade him. I got to trade him. Well, now's got to be the time because, like Joe said, how much better can this get? 
Is this guy hitting 75 home runs in a season? I don't think so. Does he end up with 30? Probably. The stolen bases, though, that's the thing that people forget, Joe. They look at Trevor's story and they say, bat, 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 bat. Stolen bases are such a commodity in a lot of these season-long fantasy leagues. And also, you can get great player props on stolen bases if you're wagering daily. That's what you want to get back. You want to get back some pop, but you also want to get back some speed. Who's the player out there that matches up? That's the question that fantasy managers have to decide for themselves. Yeah, that's why I would say like a Tim Anderson or Tim Anderson plus, you know, would be a Tim trade plus, that I'd be right. for, right? No, I don't think anyone right. would do and, that. And I think you can right. get plus. And, and here's the fun thing. You're right about Trevor Story stealing bases, but when that OBP drops below 300 again, you can't steal first base. You got to get on to steal first. You can't steal first. <laughs> you got to get on in order to steal second. That's the way it goes. All right, let's get to another bit of what's trending. How about Nestor Cortez? Nestor Cortez is the first pitcher in Yankees history with an ERA below 1.75 and at least 60 Ks through his first nine games of the season. Now, Yankee history has a lot of great pitchers. You know, you got the Whitey Fords of the world. You got the Ron Guidry's. You've got Garrett Cole in recent years. You've got all those great pitchers that came through the organization in that run of the dynasty. Nestor Cortez has been unbelievable. And, and last year, splitting time between the bullpen and as a starter, I think there's a lot of people who are very positive about Nestor Cortez. Well, the 27-year-old this year, uh, again, just been absolutely brilliant just for some perspective. He's got 61 strikeouts, just 12 walks in 53 innings, that 1.7 ERA in the nine starts. The whip is at 0.84. You talked about just whichever story that there's going to be a medium. At some point, Nestor Cortez will have a blow-up start, but I think you got to look at Nestor Cortez right now and just be incredibly impressed at what he's been able to do and how important he is to this Yankee rotation because I think they've been searching for a while now to find that guy behind Garrett Cole. They found him, and they might have found somebody who can even match him, and that is a stunning turn of events, certainly for the Yankees. Yeah, now here's the thing. Let's, let's nerd out a little bit and look at why this is happening, and it all comes down to pitch mix. If you watch Cortez pitch, he constantly has hitters off balance. He constantly seems to have major league hitters guessing, guessing all the time. It's a testament, A, to locating your fastball, and you don't need me to tell you that. But what it's really about is what you do after that and getting ahead in counts and pitch mix and all these type of things. And the beauty of it is when you look at something like a changeup, I've always heard hitters say that the changeup looks exactly the same coming out of the hand as the fastball does. It's the adjustment that you make when you realize in your mind in that nanosecond, oh, that's a changeup. That's why you see so many major league hitters looking so foolish. And you say to yourself sitting on the couch, oh, why do you swing at that? Get up in the box and have a guy throw you a couple of fastballs <laughs> and then sneak a changeup by you. You're laughing because you played baseball and you understand what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. That adjustment period is, is a nanosecond. And you're right, he will have a blow-up start. And you're right, major league hitters will find their timing, their own timing and their adjustments. But as long as he can continue to fool people, as long as he continue to mix up his pitches, not see the same sequence the second or third time you face him, that's what it's about. Today's pitchers, Joe, we talk about this. They have three pitches, and you see the same th sequence every time you're up there. So by the second or third at-bat through a lineup, if a pitcher lasts that long, you can put some wood on the ball. But Cortez is changing it up on people. And as long as he becomes that thinking man's pitcher, I still think he's going to be incredibly successful for the duration. Well, the thinking man's hitter is Paul Goldschmidt right now. Goldie has 22 oh, yeah. RBI over his last 12 games. Uh, Paul Goldschmidt on the season hitting 355 with a 1,042 OPS, a 622 Jeez. slugging. He's leading the majors in slugging and in OPS, just in case you were wondering. 
10 home runs already on the year. And it's funny because once again, this was a player last April people thought was done. Oh, he's stone cold. He's done. Paul Goldschmidt's in decline. Yeah. Well, he hit 30 home runs last year. He's on pace for more than that already this year. So uh, once again, Paul Goldschmidt continues to show what an incredible professional hitter he is. I'm wearing St. Louis Cardinal red in his honor today which makes Matt Stryker very happy. So uh, here's to all those hot streaks of Major League Baseball that are trending. Hopefully you know how to ride those streaks and when maybe to get out of those streaks. When we come back, excuse me, when we come back, <laughs> we're going to talk about some World Series odds. Who are the real favorites? We'll tell you. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, welcome back in. This is Diamond Bets, Matt Stryker and Joe Pizzapia with you here for the next, uh, let's say, hour and a half. Some more great sports grid programming coming your way. Of course, keep us in your pocket wherever you go. Everything's changing so fast. At Sports Grid, at Sports Grid TV. Joe, Memorial Day weekend, usually the quarter pole in the baseball season. They usually tell you, they, the proverbial day, that that's when you look at the standings and that's when you start to really assess who teams are. So let's do that. Let's take a look at where we are at the quarter pole of a very exciting baseball season. Uh, what's jumping out at you as far as outright wagering goes in the American League? Mm. Well, uh, it's no surprise if you look at the American League and these odds we have are from FanDuel right now. The Yankees are sitting at the top of the American League and uh, to win it outright, and they're plus 280. So you're still getting almost 3-1 to one money on the Yankees, which I think when we talked about Nestor Cortez in the last segment, along with Garrett Cole, are the Yankees the kind of team that are apt to add somebody else if they need to? Of course they are. They're the Yankees. Do they have the pieces <laughs> to add somebody huge? Of course they do. They're the Yankees. Uh, Houston Astros at plus 380, I still think are a fascinating wager at this point. Uh, Justin Verlander has pitched every bit like a Cy Young, just like Joey P told you back in March and April. So hopefully you got your, uh, you know, I've got three separate Verlander Cy Young wagers, Matt Stryker. And let me tell you, Feels so good. Feels so good. Let's stay healthy. Come on, Justin. But look, the rest of that rotation is pretty good. Christian Javier has pitched fantastically for them since going back into the rotation after the Odorizzi injury. So I got nine guys the other day. So the Astros have enough to get it done. They have a deep lineup. Um, they have a lot of talent. They play good defense also. That's the other thing we forget about defense. We talk about offense, talk about pitching. We don't talk enough about defense. Houston's a team that can catch the ball. The Toronto Blue Jays is kind of scuffling right now. This is one I struggle with at plus 470. I struggle with the Blue Jays because if you look at this rotation, Ryu back on the IL, right? He's having issues with the elbow. That's a big problem. Barrios has been up and down. He's had some good starts and some bad starts. You can't do that. That number three has to be a little bit more of a quality start guy. I'll give you the three inning, three earned runs in the six innings. And if I do that, I'm giving my team a chance to win. He hasn't done that enough, in my opinion. Really those good quality start that I know it equates to a higher ERA than people would like, but theoretically that's the kind of start you want out of your number three. He hasn't given that to you. Uh, you have the Tampa Bay Rays sitting up 10 to one underneath yeah. them. The Rays are a team that when you look at the Rays, they are underwhelming offensively, but they always end up in the playoffs. They are able to make some moves, but the moves that the Rays are going to make are bringing in 
young pitchers from their organization, getting Shane Boz healthy, who just had another rehab start earlier this week that went very well. Luis Patino, they've got a lot of young pitching that's still coming. And guess what, kids? When they start pitching in June or July for the big club, they're not going to have any innings limitations on them because we're already two months deep into the season. So these guys are just going to go. Now, that's a very different look. So what they need to do is add more offense. The White Sox, you still haven't seen the best out of the White Sox at 9-1. to one. You're still waiting for Lance Lynn. Dylan Cease had a bad start this week. Aloya Menez is on the IL. They've got all kinds of injuries, right? The White Sox are going to get hot at some point, probably in the second half. That's probably your biggest. Let's go 9-1. to one. White Sox get hot, run the table. And then the Angels are plus 8.5 for the last team here to consider. And the Angels are fascinating because really it's about health for the Angels uh, and a little bit more pitching. I'd love for them to get one more pitcher. They could certainly use one more starting pitcher. Uh, but, you know, the minute they have an Otani injury or a Trout injury, that's it for this team. As good as Taylor Ward has been, as good as some of the other guys have been contributing, Noah Syndergaard has certainly looked more like himself or the Noah Syndergaard of old. I'm looking at this as the Astros and Yankees and then the White Sox. Those are the three teams that I was in on the beginning of the year. And I'm going to stick with those three teams. And I love the White Sox nine to one right now because I think there's a real chance we come back at the All Star break, and that number is six. Matt, what do you think about the yeah. American League? No, I mean you've pretty much said it all. I think the strategy here would be to take one unit and break it up into quarters. So you could put a quarter on the Yanks, quarter on the Astros, quarter on the Shy Sox, and a quarter on the Rays. Because of the expanded playoffs, you give yourself an opportunity to really cash out. And Joe's a thousand percent right, as he always is, with regards to the White Sox. <laughs> hey, not seen the best of them. <laughs> you've not seen the best of them yet. And this is a team that is built for the postseason. And I know a lot of people clamoring. I know they DFA'd uh, Dallas Keuchel, and then. Tony LaRusso puts Josh Harrison in the number two hole and all the White Sox fans uh, shake their fist and so on and so forth. Tony LaRusso knows what he's doing. All right. Tony LaRusso knows what he's doing. If he does that in, uh, say, August or September, then you have every right to shake your fist at the guy. But until then, put that fist down, put it back in your pocket, grab some money and put it on the White Sox or Joe's shaking his fist right now, and out of the corner of my eye, it looked like something entirely different. Okay, the Tampa Rays, Joe, you're right. Those pitchers are going to be golden with no limitations whatsoever. But the Rays will have to go out, and they'll have to get a hitter. The problem is, internally in the league, you hear guys talk about no one wants to hit in that park. Either you can't see the ball or whatever it is. So to try to lure a player like they did with Nelson Cruz last year, I think they should have re-signed because they'd be a much different ball club. Mm. But that's the way I'd approach this, Joe, in the AL. In the NL, it's a much different story, my friend, especially with the Mets <laughs> now number changing. So I'd like to hear your thoughts on the National League outright. Meet the Mets. Meet the Mets. Step right up and greet the Mets. We're at plus 430 right now. The Dodgers are still two to one favorites. The Dodgers are the heavy. We all knew that going in that the Dodgers were going to be that team that no matter what people weren't going to jump ship, but they've had some issues. As I told you, they are not impervious to issues. They are not invincible. And the Mets right now have the biggest lead of anybody. They don't have Max Scherzer. They don't have Jacob deGrom. The East just, we, you know, last week we sat on the show and we were talking about, Hey, maybe this is the time where the Braves start to close the gap. No, that hasn't happened for the Braves. <laughs> Pitching has gone the opposite direction. So the Mets at plus 430, I, look, you know, it pains my soul to say put money on the Mets because I feel like I'm going to inevitably lose people money by saying those words. But it's really hard not to like the Mets at this plus 430 mark. And then you got the Brewers at plus 550, the Padres at plus 800, the Braves at plus 950, and the Giants at 10 to 1. So 
the other team for me, Matt, that I continuously keep, you know, thumping the table for is the Padres because the Padres are going to get Fernando Tatis. He got a good checkup last week. There's a good chance he's going to start baseball activities, which I'm pretty sure that means eating sunflower seeds. Uh, and <laughs> I think maybe trading some baseball cards, whatever the baseball activities are, maybe helmet Sundays. I don't know. But what I do know is that the San Diego Padres have a rotation if you get in the playoffs and you have to face those pitchers and the depth that they might be able to throw at you in the bullpen, especially when Mackenzie Gore ends up there because they don't have enough room for him in the rotation, they're going to be a tough out. But Chados played like an MVP. So if you're looking for the long shot or the bigger odds, the plus 800 San Diego Padres to me look like that. And the Dodgers at two to one, I mean, sure, you're still getting good money on that. The two to one is certainly a nice investment to win the National League, but Something about these Mets that feels a little bit different. Uh, maybe it's the Buck Showalter magic. I don't know. Maybe it's just, you know, the fact that they've got uh, a certain kind of player over there that's just taking it one game at a time, and they play with a lot of intensity. Marte's a very intense guy. You've seen Lindor intensity return, which is the guy that we all loved in Cleveland. We loved intense Lindor in Cleveland, but we didn't see him early on in New York in his career. Now we're seeing that guy again, and that's been a big difference. And the Brewers... You know, everybody knows I love the Brewers, but, you know, I'm looking at the Brewers right now and I'm looking at that lineup and the injuries they've had. Willie Adamas on the IL, Renfro has struggled a bit. Yelich has gone backwards again. We thought maybe Yelich was going to, you know, turn things around after that cycle he had in that big couple days, and then it's gone back the other way. So, you know, I still think the Brewers, the Cardinals are all teams that you should be aware of. But to me, it's starting to feel like the Mets and the Dodgers. Matt, are you buying the Mets? Uh, right now, because if the Mets get to Grom and Scherzer healthy, is there anybody that could beat them if those two pitchers are right? It's a big if. And you know, you're asking me here on Memorial Day weekend, and right now the Mets have neither of those guys. So yep. with that said, you know, uh, you talk about prisoner of the moment and all this and all that, but sometimes we need to take a step back and look at the much bigger picture. I talked about splitting the unit four ways in the AL. How about you split it maybe three ways here in the NL? 33, three and a third cents on the Dodgers, uh, three and a third on the Brewers. Peralta's injury is concerning to me, yes, but that bullpen is ridiculous. Josh Hader's untouchable. They're also a top five in the league in stolen bases. And I think that once you get into the postseason, small ball and creating runs is something that will prevail. Pitching and defense and small ball win championships. But the obvious play for me is the San Diego Padres at eight to one. And you're a thousand percent right again. Ding, ding, ding. Too much pitching. Hitting is only going to get better. Defense does have to have to improve. I will admit that. But you split the unit three ways, maybe Dodgers, Brewers, Padres. And then if you have anything left over, well, you wouldn't because you split your unit three ways. Then maybe the Mets. And if DeGrom and Scherzer are back and healthy and everyone's doing what they need to do, then yes, I agree. So now that brings us to the World Series. Your thoughts? It does. I enjoyed the math there. That was really fun. It was like when that <laughs> meme of John C. Riley looking around at all of the different numbers floating yes. around his face. Uh, the Beautiful. Dodgers are plus 450 to win the World Series. The Yankees at plus 600. The Astros plus 800. The Mets at plus 850. Again, if you're feeling lucky, if you want to say, let's take the Mets now before DeGrom and Scherzer come back healthy and put a small amount on them and then double down if they look good, that would be a good approach. The Padre approach at 17 to one, I think is certainly valid. I would fade the top here. I would fade the Yankees. I would fade mm. the Dodgers. I'm just going to, it's just baseball is not like that. It's, you know, what seems like it's always right. going to be a foregone conclusion typically never is. 
I think the Astros are fascinating at eight to one. And certainly you're getting really good money on the White Sox are now 20 to one right now. I think people are completely writing off the White Sox and they shouldn't. So there's a lot of long shots here. There's a lot of ways to split the units. Matt, any thoughts on your unit splitting before we head out here? Who's the team? <laughs> uh, Dodgers, Yankees, Astros, Padres, White Sox. That's how I'm splitting my unit, mm-hmm. 20 cents on each. There you go. Lots of unit splitting. We come back. We can talk about the studs and the duds of the last week or so in Major League Baseball, the guys who are crushing life and the guys who are on the other end where life is crushing them. So don't go anywhere. We come back. More <laughs> baseball, more highs and lows right here on Dodgers. Bets. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in. This is Diamond Bets. Matt Stryker and Joey P with you here each and every weekend. It's a great Memorial Day weekend. Remember, at SportsGrid, at SportsGrid TV is the way to stay on top of absolutely everything. And hello to everyone out there in Radio Land, our friends is over at Sirius XM, all our truck drivers out there. You keep the country going and we tip our caps to you. Now it's time for Studs and Duds, which in full disclosure was in the running as the name of this show, as Joe Pizzapia is in fact a stud, and I guess that makes me a dud. And with that said, Joe, let's look at some Studs and Duds and let's see what we can't find out about these Studs and Duds as I turn into Sean Connery for no reason. <laughs> Don't ask me what man, I did not know where this was going to end up, but I'm, I'm here I mean, for it. I'm glad it ended up <laughs> here, man. That was... It was absolutely mm-hmm. tremendous. Uh, I don't know what universe where I'm the stud and you're the dud. I don't know how that happened, but uh, whatever. I'm going to take it. I'm just going to run away with it. Let's start with another one of my friends who's a stud. It's Mookie Betts. You know, everyone's talking about Trevor Story, but nobody's talking about Mookie. Let's talk about Mookie over his last 55 ABs, 21 runs scored, 21 runs scored. I know he is at the top of the order, but holy crap, 21 runs scored at 55 mm-hmm. at-bats. That's pretty good. That's more than a third of the time that he's scoring a run when he gets up. Seven home runs over that period, 17 ribbies. He's hitting 418 over that clip with a 1445 OPS. Now, look, Mookie Betts, tremendous talent. Uh, Mookie Betts, I still feel like Red Sox fans are pining, saying, why did we get rid of this guy? Why did, Why couldn't we pay this dude? Imagine if you could kept him along with Xander Bogarts and Raphael Devers, what you might have here. But alas, here you go. Mookie Betts with the Dodgers. The Dodgers continue to be in the playoffs. The Red Sox still looking up at playoff games, uh, sitting at home, watching them in October. But this guy is incredibly important to the Dodgers. Uh, It's unfortunate that he's not going to get probably enough MVP attention because he's an MVP caliber talent. But when you play on the same team as Freddie Freeman and, and Trey Turner and you guys are all hitting in a row, it's just really hard for people to separate those entities. And it's not a knock. It's just it's just a fact. And it's unfortunate because if you're looking just statistically and the impact the player is having, when you're scoring 21 runs in 55 at bats, that's something to really just be in awe of. But there's a lot of guys right now. Goldschmidt, we talked about being red hot, Trevor Story being mm-hmm. red hot, and all these big hot streaks that are happening in baseball. I feel like Mookie Betts' hot streak just kind of been left aside and pushed aside. Meanwhile, 
This is a guy who brings so much energy to the Dodgers. He brings so much life to this team. He steals bases. He plays the field. He's hitting for power. He's hitting for average. Mookie Betts does it all and not a very big dude. Let's give a shout out for the littler guys here in Major League Baseball. Mookie Betts, Matt Stryker, what are your thoughts on this incredible run he's been on this month? A heck of a bowler, too. Earl Anthony, watch out. Mm -hmm. uh, well, here's the thing, Mookie Betts, uh, on a very public team, a very public player. So you ask yourself, well, how do I make some money on this? Run props. If you have them, look mm -hmm. at them. They're usually at half a run, and that's the way to go here. Yeah, you can toy with the total base prop and all this, but you really need to put on your lens and dive in deep. It's a public team. It's a public player. You're not going to get value anywhere. Look for those run props because they're usually in a nice plus money play. And Mookie Betts is a guy that can cash for you. Hence those stats. Who's next? Who's next is a guy that we told you to pick up a couple weeks ago right here on the show. It's Cole Calhoun because this oh, has always yeah. been a player who has big high streaks and big low streaks. Well, the high is high right now. Let me tell you, it is like <laughs> Harold and Kumar go to White Castle high. 47 nice. at-bats, 14 runs, 6 homers, 11 ribbies, hitting 404 over that clip with a 1347 OPS. I wanted to highlight Cole Calhoun because this is a player, if you're playing on DraftKings or FanDuel, he's been underpriced this entire run. He's in the 3K range on DK. He was at 2.6 the other night on FanDuel. 2.6 for a guy who's hitting 400? Look, you have to be able to go and find value on bad teams in order to go up and get the Nestor Cortez pitcher into your lineup or the big time arm into your lineup. You need to find these kind of hitters that are responsibly priced and are absolutely on torrid paces. So Cole Calhoun, a perfect example of one of these guys that when he's having a hot streak, pay attention to it, ride this wave, look for the total bases, right, Matt, of one and a half. If you get the plus money on that, hit that hard. And then know when the worm is going to turn because inevitably it will when it comes to Cole Calhoun because we're old enough that we've seen that before. Am I right? Absolutely. And uh, put Neil Patrick Harris in the back seat and let's go visit Chris Elliott in the cabin in the woods, my friend. Uh, yeah, you're 100% right. It's, it's really one of those things that if you get on the train early, you got to know when to get off because before you realize you can get burned two, three, four times, then all the money that you made, all your winnings go down the drain. So you have to be really careful with streaky players like this, but ride them when they're hot. All right, let's move to a pitcher. Who do we have? All right. How about a Phillies pitcher? How about Aaron Nola over his last 20 and two thirds innings, 14 hits for Aaron Nola, 27 strikeouts. That is a lot of strikeouts in 20 innings, just three walks over that period of time. The guy's been phenomenal. The 305 ERA, the 0.82 whip Aaron Nola, another pitcher who in the last couple of years has had amazing runs like this. And then some less than thrilling runs. The limiting of the walks, Matt, that's what I keep coming back to. That's the special sauce. Yeah. That's a secret here. And the Phillies are, you know, have been a 500 baseball team for years now, it feels like. But Aaron Nola is part of the problem of why they've been a 500 team. They need him. They need Zach Wheeler to be consistently good at the top of that rotation. Aaron Nola has been that, especially over his last 20 innings. To me, this is a, a huge piece. And I kind of start to wonder if the Phillies really fall out of it. Is Aaron Nola big? possibly one of those game-changing pitchers who could go wow. to a Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, could go to another team that could really use another starting pitcher. What an impact Aaron Nola could potentially make. I'm not saying the Phillies are looking to move him, but all of a sudden, if the Phillies do continue to fall backwards in the standings in the next two months, 
Aranola would be a huge chip that I think they could get somebody to really cash in for. What do you think about the potential of that kind of move? You know, once again, you blow my mind. That's something that I never <laughs> thought of. But at the end of the day, it is the business of baseball. You also said something intriguing on the front end of your statement about the K to walk ratio. Now, while it isn't yeah. Gosman-esque, we have learned this season to start to look at that ratio when it comes to assessing pitchers, because now you have more than just K props out there. You have earned run props, you have outs props, and, and things like the K to walk ratio can help inform those decisions. But now I'm starting to think about Aaron Ola in a different jersey, and all of a sudden that's very intriguing. Season-long fantasy managers, you might want to think about that. But overall, just Philadelphia has been really a letdown thus far. It's only Memorial Day weekend, but quarter pole in the season in Philadelphia has underperformed. They they have. They they have and they've been disappointing. And oh look, it's it's not from lack of trying. I mean, I personally thought when they went out there and brought in Castellanos and Schwarber, I thought those were two fantastic moves. Yeah. These two players coming off great seasons. So well, maybe it's just gonna take a little bit more time. Um and it's you know, like I said, it's hard to beat up the Phillies for for trying. Because they added pieces where you think logically you look at it and you go, yes, these are good hitters. Yes, more lineup protection for Bryce Harper. You hope some of the other homegrown guys like Hoskins and Bohm can continue to progress. And you hope the bullpen's a little better. Maybe the bullpen they should have, you know, gone to and addressed a little bit more. It seems like it's always the issue. I don't don't know. Maybe. Just, I don't know. All right, let's move on to the negatives here. And let's start with Matt Olson here and the dud side. And, you know, Matt Olson, it's not a complete dud, but he's a dud that's worth discussion because over <laughs> his last 48 at-bats, he struck out 17 times. He has 10 walks, and that's what I'm going to come back to in a second. He's got two home runs. The only runs he's driven in in the last 48 at-bats have been himself. So he is master of his domain. It's just mm-hmm. Matt Olson caring about Matt Olson's RBI total right now. And that's a shame uh, because Matt Olson's a much better hitter than the 208 batting average we're seeing over that span. So the thing that I look at is the walks, you know, the 10 walks, which to me, it feels like he's seeing too many pitches. It feels to me like he's not being aggressive enough. Um, And maybe he's just trying to be too fine. Maybe he's trying too hard. Again, sometimes when you get guys that, come back to their hometown state, right? Where they are going to be heroes. And you got to fill the shoes of Freddie Freeman, who is an absolute legend, probably a guy you're going to retire his number someday in Atlanta. I think that's a lot of pressure. And I think what you're getting right now is a Matt Olson is probably not being aggressive enough. Austin Riley's been cold as well. Those guys are eventually going to turn things around. So Matt Olson is one of these pieces that I would be looking to either trade for. I would be looking at start to look, you know, at some of the lines on these players and see, do I have an opportunity to make some money on an investment in Matt Olson on a daily basis or a long-term basis? Because I think the answer is yes. But right now, Matt, to me, this is a guy who needs to be a little bit more aggressive at the plate, needs to go out there and look, if you're hitting 208 anyway, let's get up there and take some hacks. That's what I think. What do you think about Matt Olson's struggles? A thousand percent, buddy, you're hitting 208, go up there and just win first pitch fastball. I mean, it's just, you got to do something. You got to feel the vibration of the wood on the ball. And that starts to get you going. You hear hitters talk about it all the time. Sometimes just getting good wood, even if it's an out, sometimes getting good wood can really start to turn things around. Mm -hmm. A 208 batting average, that is a, a, just such a disturbing floor. It can only get better for Olsen. But this next player here, we don't know the floor or the ceiling, so I'm really intrigued to hear your thoughts Mm. on this next guy. 
I've been very skeptical about Seiya Suzuki this entire time, right? I mean, I've been no bones about it. I know he was the favorite for Rookie of the Year. He still is. Right. I'm still looking elsewhere. I still think it's going to be Hunter Green at the end of the day. But look at Seiya Suzuki over the last 45 ABs. No home runs, 17 strikeouts, 5 RBI, hitting 222, a 627 OPS. No bueno. This is not good. Um, and this was always my fear. And you've seen this happen a lot. Um, look, it's not to say that international players can't come over here and compete in the major leagues. Of course they can. Ichiro dominated. Hideki Matsui was fantastic. Uh, Seiya Suzuki certainly has time to, to change things around and certainly can improve. But I think this is where you start to look specifically at the NL Rookie of the Year odds and start to move your focus elsewhere. Because there's guys like Nolan Gorman up. Libertori just came up and pitched for the Cardinals yesterday, got a W there. Eventually, you're going to get on your cruise, but I'm still looking at Hunter Green, who, you know, after a bad start, dropped off the map, and now you can get him at an incredible rate. I think there's other guys in the National League besides Suzuki that you need to start looking at. Mackenzie Gore could be another one. Max Meyer is going to be back throwing from flat ground. He's eventually going to come up and pitch for the Marlins this year at some point, one would hope. I think there's other ways to look at that award right now. I think people are stuck on Suzuki. And I think right now Suzuki is just kind of plain stuck. What do you think about maybe starting to change your focus on National League Rookie of the Year? Well, you and I were beating this drum weeks ago. But the thing with Suzuki now is there's a finger injury. And uh, anyone that's ever held a bat knows if you have a finger injury, it just makes it that much more difficult. So it's something to really monitor. And uh, I don't think it has anything to do with, you know, where he played or coming over to adjust to the league. And I think the talent is there. But I think this is an injury question. And uh, once he's healthy, I would give him some time to marinate and see what he's really got. Because we haven't truly seen what Suzuki has yet. Yeah, we haven't. Um, and look, I think Suzuki having that first hot week probably set the mm -hmm. bar really high for expectations. And sometimes that's unfortunate because then you have to live up to a lot of it. I just worry about him making adjustments back at this level. Uh, I think it might be better suited for a lot of these players to come in and spend a year in AAA, kind of get the feeling of playing in the States before you go right to the big leagues. But unfortunately, the money you're spending on these players doesn't allow that to happen. So even Shohei Otani, let's not forget, struggled a little bit in his first year with Anaheim. All right, we're going to hit a break. We come back, a history lesson right here on Diamond Best. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back on Sports Grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, welcome back in. This is Diamond Bets, Matt Stryker and Joe Pizzapia having a great time on this Memorial Day weekend. We thank you all for joining us, and you can keep us with you anywhere you go, at SportsGrid, at SportsGrid TV. Those are social media handles, and things are changing so much in this day and age. You need something to help you keep up. But let's take a trip back in time to a, a softer time, a time where things didn't move <laughs> so fast. Joe, take us in your time machine. Where are we going? Mm. Well, this was a fun week in 1993 for Jose Canseco. So earlier this week, he had that ball go off of his head for a home run, which we all remember was one of the fantastic things. Then we forgot, and I did, that later in the week, Jose Canseco, three days after this happened, he was pitching in a blowout in Boston. Not only did they lose 15 to one, but he ends up going season-ending surgery for his elbow 
after because he shouldn't have been out there pitching. So 1993 was the worst week ever for Jose Canseco. So basically he goes out there has a ball go off his melon for a home run goes in there trying to sloppy relief work, whatever the hell it was ends up blowing out his elbow goes on the IL the rest of the year. So yeah, that's about as bad as it gets in terms of having a bad week for a major league baseball player. Don't you think? Yeah, that's what you get for trying to snap off a curve when you don't pitch. And that's exactly what happened. And uh, listen, it's a storied career for Jose Canseco anyway you look at it. But it's nice to go back in time and, and remember some of these memories from baseball that you say, hmm, I forgot about that. Do you remember who hit the ball that went off his head, Matt Stryker? That is the question. Which team who did they hit play? The ball? Oh, God, I don't I don't remember. I think it was Cleveland, I want to say. But the name of the hitter, Carmelo Martinez. Carmelo never have gotten that. Martinez. There you go. <laughs> See, little history lesson, little fun here for you in the Wayback Machine. It's time to go forward, though. Enough looking in the past. Let's go forward into the future, into hour two, where I see ahead of us important looks at series. I see important questions, and I see you being here with us to do all of it. So don't go anywhere. Stick with us for Diamond Bets right after this. 